Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of our Knowledge Group podcast where we take a forward look at what speakers intend to cover at our webcasts. Now on this episode we're going to be turning our attention to our upcoming event titled Inner Parties Reviews and Post-Grant Proceedings, Best Strategies for Winning. So this webcast is going live October 14th and we're kicking things off at 3pm Eastern but we are going to make the recording available shortly after this hour-long webcast has concluded. So if for some reason you aren't able to attend live, you can get a copy of the recording and all of the information on how to register for the live event, as well as the recorded copy, that's all found in the description box down below. Along with some information about our speakers and the full agenda, you'll also find the code PODCAST25 too, and that gets you 25% off that very first webcast registration. So joining us On this podcast, and indeed on the webcast itself, we're going to be hearing from our two panellists. Roger Lee will be leading things off. He's a shareholder at Buchanan, Ingersoll and Rooney. We'll also be hearing from Erin Dunstan, a partner at Panich, Schwarzer, Bellasio and Nadell LLP. Now, more information about their firms as well. That's all found in the description box. But enough from me. Let's turn things over to our pair of speakers. Hello, everyone. This is Erin Dunstan with Tanit, Schwarzy, Belisario, and Nadell. Um, I look forward to the presentation on the 14th. And it's difficult to believe, but we're now eight years into these uh, PTAB proceedings. I think many people still continue to consider them new, uh, but they're not. Um, on this webinar, we're going to take a look at some recent filing statistics at the PTAB, um, as well as uh, the outcomes that we're seeing from the PTAB and give some takeaways that we're seeing uh, regarding the popularity of these proceedings as well as um, the impact on institutions. Hello, this is Roger Lee of Buchanan, Ingersoll, and Rooney. I'm a co-panelist with Aaron Dunstan. And uh, we'll also be taking a look at discretion to institute at the PTAB. Uh, Discretion to Institute is certainly a very dynamic and evolving issue. Uh, There are two main branches of Discretion Institute. There is discretion under 325D, uh, which takes into account previous consideration by the Patent Office of the same or substantially the same prior art or argument. And so we'll be taking at recent uh, case law and developments concerning how the board applies 325D. Uh, The other main branch is under uh, the statute 314A, uh, where the board takes a look at at various different factors surrounding the petition that go beyond merely the merits of the petition to determine whether as a whole the board should move forward with with institution of, of trials. So we'll be taking a closer look at how the board considers the stage of any parallel litigation in which the patent has been asserted in determining whether to institute trial. We'll also look at how the board factors in the overall strength or weakness of the petition. And finally, we'll consider how the board has handled situations involving multiple petitions concurrently filed against the same claims of the same patent. And to round out the institution concept, we're going to take a look also at whether the decisions are appealable um, and a partner topic of Joinder and the recent Thrive case. Uh, It's also been about two years since the board changed the claim construction standard applicable in AIA trial proceedings from 
the broadest reasonable interpretation to the Phillips standard. And so we'll pause and take a look at the impact this change has had on strategies and practice at the PTAB. We will then move into the um, pilot motion to amend program at the PTAB. Uh, this program results from some of the difficulties that litigants found initially with these proceedings. Um, initially, amending claims was quite difficult, either due to clerical reasons or substantive. And so this new pilot program is geared towards making amendments um, more practical and giving the patent owner feedback during the process such that if they need to, they can do an amended or excuse me, a revised motion to amend. Um, and, you know, that theory has become especially important in view of a recent Federal Circuit case um, that says in so many words, uh, 101 issues can be considered when um, deciding whether to grant a motion to amend. Um, so we're going to take a look at that as well as some some do's and don'ts and what we've learned from the cases where this motion to amend program has been used. We'll also be taking a look at how 35 U.S.C. 112 uh, uh, becomes relevant in inter-parties review proceedings. As many of you may, might already know, claims cannot be outright challenged under 112 in an IPR. However, 112 issues do arise in the context of, for example, motions to amend, as Aaron has already mentioned, uh, as well as priority challenges. And so we'll be taking a look at that. We'll also be discussing the issue of challenging uh, potentially indefinite claims in an IPR and some of the uh, the issues surrounding those types of strategies. We'll then turn to another bedrock of IPR practice. Um, you know, what is a printed publication? And as a petitioner, what do you need to show? And as a patent owner, if you wish to challenge uh, something as a, a feasible printed publication, what you can do, especially in view of the recent Hulu decision. Continuing with, uh, with prior art considerations, we'll take a look at applicant-admitted prior art. Uh, IPRs, IPR challenges can only be based on patents or printed publications, and that raises the question uh, of the extent to which applicant-admitted prior art can be relied on. Uh, the Patent Office has recently issued guidance on how it handles admitted prior art and IPRs, and so we'll be taking a look at that guidance. And even though we're in uh, mid-October, sadly, COVID-19 uh, is still with us. So all hearings now at the PTAB uh, remain virtual. And so we're going to take some time to talk about strategies for those remote hearings and some of the attributes for winning arguments and trying to be as persuasive as possible in that remote format. Looking beyond the IPR proceedings themselves, we'll take a look at the impact that IPRs have had on patent prosecution. Uh, in view of the popularity of IPRs and the success petitioners have had in taking down patents at the PTAB, uh, prosecutors may be left with the question of uh, whether there are ways to strengthen their patent portfolios to resist IPR attacks. And so we'll, we'll be looking at some prosecution tips in view of IPRs. And then after um, considering the time while at the PTAB, we're going to turn to what happens after the PTAB. We're going to take a look at um, appeals to the Federal Circuit, talk a little bit about the figures we're seeing, the timing, 
how the federal circuit is handling the volume of cases that they get, um, issues of waiver, which can be quite important. And then for the subset of cases that get sent back to the PTAB, how the PTAB is handling those and basically trends that we're seeing in remands. Finally, we'll consider a few other recent happenings at the PTAB, including the process for nominating presidential decisions, as well as some proposed rulemaking. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Knowledge Group podcast. Don't forget, more information about Roger and Erin, that's all in the description box down below, as well as the full agenda and details on how to register for this event on October 14th. Don't forget about the code PODCAST25 to get 25% off your first webcast registration. And until next time, take care. Bye for now.